The second secret is that I was in a four month affair with a married man. So that's something that I'm not necessarily as proud about. Welcome to the Secret Life Podcast. Tell me your secret. I'll tell you mine. Sometimes you have to go through the darkness to reach the light. That's what I did. After 12 years of recovery in sex and love addiction, I finally found my soulmate, myself. Please join me in my novel, Secret Life of a Hollywood Sex and Love Addict, a four-time bestseller on Amazon. It's a brutal, honest, raw, gnarly ride, but hilarious at the same time. Check it out now on Amazon. Welcome to Secret Life Podcast. I'm Brianne Davis-Gant. Today, I'm pulling back the curtains of all kinds of human secrets. We'll hear about what people are hiding from themselves or others. You know, those deep, dark secrets we probably want to go to our grave with, or those lighter, funnier secrets that are just plain embarrassing. Really, the how, what, when, where, and why of it all. Today, my guest is Alexis. Alexis, I have a question for you. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. What is your secret? Well, I have two secrets. One would be that when I was in my early 20s, I dated a guy that was nine years older than me, very excited about it. We were long distance and I made the decision that I would travel to him, but I never told him. So basically how this worked was that I would say, hey, I'm flying in town for work, thinking that maybe that would help our relationship along and we would go on some dates. Um, but he never knew that I was just flying in to see him and to spend time with him. Oh, it's like one of those little white lies that you just yeah, kept making I, yourself available. Right. Making myself available. But also, you know, it's funny. I look back because I was so young. I was really, really excited and I really wanted him to like me and I wanted to keep going. And I knew that long distance was a thing for him. And I said, well, I'll cut long distance out of this and I'll just be there. (laughs) Well, let's start. How did you guys meet? So we actually met at my cousin's wedding. He happened to be in my favorite cousin's wedding. He was best man for the groom side. And it was funny because we only talked once or twice during the wedding, but I knew that he was checking me out. Obviously I didn't know the age difference, but my cousin later on was like, Oh, I want to hook you up this, that, and a third. So he and I started talking on the phone And we were talking really late at night. So it was my very first time, you know, when you're like talking two and three in the morning. Oh, for like hours? Yeah. And you're like, oh. (laughs) So in high school, I did that. But I hadn't had like an adult conversation or love like that. So I fell pretty quickly and pretty hard. And I really wanted it to work. So, yeah, I would just be like, hey, I'm going to be in (laughs) town. How many times do you think you did that? About four. So did you, well, okay. What airline did you fly? Did you get the ticket late and spend a lot of money or what did you do like Southwest where it was like, <laughs> you know, well, thankfully I did Priceline. So back in the day, Priceline was a little bit less expensive, but I, I, I always made sure, I always made sure that I visited my family as well. So it wasn't like the way that I covered it was like, oh, I'm working. I'm visiting family. If you're free, I'd love to. <laughs> I'd love to see you. Um, 
So yeah, I did that a couple of times. I did that in the fall, so September, October, and then also the holiday season. So you did it in the fall. Did you guys have a date when you came? Did you have a date every time? Yeah, so we had a date every time, but it was one of those things where looking back on it, I was probably chasing him. So Mm -hmm. for example, like saying a couple of times that I'm available as opposed to just saying once that I'm available. And the funny thing is that now, um, you know, almost 10, 12 years later, I actually do travel to that part of town for work. So it's pretty hilarious because now if I were saying that, that would actually be true. But at that time, yeah, I was not working. (laughs) I was not working down south. That's what I always tell people. Like the moment you feel like you're putting in more effort than the other person, it's like a red flag that we like paint a different color. Do you feel like you did that? Absolutely. Absolutely. But I was really naive and young and thinking that if I showed myself to be available, that he would open himself up. So that's sort of how I felt about it. And it was almost uncontrollable too. But that particular part of my life really, really, really helped me define how I engage with men now, because I do think it's important to allow someone to show their own affection and to pursue you as opposed to me as the woman pursuing him. Oh, a hundred percent. And do you also, how did it end? Because obviously you said it was you chasing him and you've already given away. It didn't work out, but how did it end? Like come to a head. So the funny thing is that, so we started talking in August of like 2008. So again, this was years ago, but August, 2008. And we were talking until maybe about March of 2009. And so what happened was that he had, I felt ghosted me, but I hadn't spoken to him in about two weeks and he got back in touch with me and I was very upset. I was like, Hey, I missed you. Where were you? I really wanted to see you. And you didn't respond to any of my messages, this, that, and the third. And he said, well, I was going to surprise you, but since you're giving me all of this attitude, I'm not coming. Like I'm not coming to where you are. So the one time quote unquote, that he was going to travel to see me, he didn't come because he said that I had too much attitude. And I was like, yeah, okay. You weren't, he was never coming. I mean, come on. He probably just said that to make you feel bad. Cause he did. I felt really bad. (laughs) I know that's so, I, I mean, I wish people would just be transparent and say, listen, I, I'm not, I, I like you. Like, I appreciate our time we talk, but I'm just not looking for anything. Right. That's what I wish had happened as well. And it's funny because every so often I'll hear from him now. And again, this is years later, Um, but he's still the same. I think that he is noncommittal. Nice guy, but I think he's noncommittal. I think that a lot of women probably approach him. He's a nice looking guy, has it put together, all that stuff but I don't think that he wants a commitment. And so I wish, I really do wish that he had said some of those things then, but at the time, I don't even know that I would have even really heard it because I was so excited about our connection and friendship. I mean, we had a lot of fun dates, even with me just popping up. We had a lot. (laughs) I keep just imagining you just like popping up behind like his (laughs) desk being like, hi, I'm in town. (laughs) You know, it's funny. And it wasn't even, it wasn't even that. It would just be like, 
hey, I'm 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 gonna be in town for work. Maybe we should get together. Oh, you sound like the cool girl. You're like, yeah. hey, I'm just gonna be around. I mean, I tried to be to. cool. I tried to be cool, but inside it was like all these butterflies. <laughs> so I know you said that there's another secret, but I've got I wanted to ask you something about this, but now okay. of course my brain is like floop. But what is this other secret? And then if I remember, I'll circle back. Okay. Well, the second secret is still about relationships. So there is a correlation there. So um, the second secret is that I was in a four-month affair with (gasps) a married man. So that's something that I'm not necessarily as proud about. But that did indeed happen. And I know that I've, I've learned that it happens to even the best of us. So, yeah. I mean, listen, I have been the, I've been the one to be the cheater. So, you know, and have multiple relationships. So I can't, you know, judge anybody, but how did that start? So it started, the guy was my trainer. And so at the time I was going through a really bad job split. And also I was going through understanding that someone I had liked for a while wasn't looking to commit. So long story short, when the job situation happened, I vented to the guy I had been dating previously. And the guy was just not, he didn't have a listening for it. I had been there for maybe a year and a half listening to different things that was going on with his life. And when it came to me, he wasn't there for me. And so in turn, I happened to be training one day and I was venting to my trainer. And he said, well, do you want to stay in second session? So, you know, like basically to get out all of the aggression or get out all of the tension. And I said, sure. I stayed for the second session and there were other clients as well. So I didn't think anything of it. But during this time, we left, we, we went into the parking lot to talk before leaving. I thought we had talked for 20 minutes and we had talked for two hours outside. <gasps> wow. So I called my best friend when I got in the car and I said, if this guy like makes any kind of move I'm not even in the space to say no like he has really given me a lot of attention and a lot of energy and I really appreciate that and I am pretty much at a really really low point I don't have it in me to even say like hey no I'm like no give me (laughs) give me all the energy so so do you think because you were at such a low point and like not getting what you needed in your relationship was there always a connection between you and the trainer, like a flirtation and stuff? You know, to be completely honest, I think that we noticed each other, but I wasn't going to act on it. You know what I mean? I thought he was a really nice guy. I had realized, you know, through the years, I didn't grow up with my father. And Mm -hmm. what I have realized with men is that even when I go out dancing, sometimes I have trouble with allowing a man to lead. And I realized that with my trainer, there were certain exercises that exercises that we would do, or he would say like, oh, trust me, this, that, and the third, and automatically I would. So there was a level of trust there that was different from any other relationship. And I knew that off the bat prior, but I didn't think anything was going to happen. So fast forward to a few weeks into it, and this moment in my life happening, I pretty much knew that I was a bit more vulnerable to him than anyone else. So when was that moment? What happened? What that decision made to move forward? <laughs> so, um, goodness. So I know. Okay. So I told my best friend that, you know, I, I feel like this guy is paying attention to me and I 
just hope, you know, I didn't know what to expect. I was you like, just I, felt like the energy changed. Yeah, the energy definitely changed. And so a few weeks later, I had traveled out of town and he called me while I was out of town. I was like, uh, hello. He's like, Hey, you know, I, I know you're out of town. I know you haven't been at any sessions. Just wanted to let you know, like, I'm really excited for when you come back. And I was like, what is this about? And so we talked, I still, I still talked on the phone with him for maybe like 15 minutes, but it still felt weird. Like I'm talking, why am I talking to my trainer on my, on the phone? But when I came back, instead of going to my scheduled session, I went right to, <laughs> right to the gym that night. <laughs> so we trained and, um, wait, did you just get... show up to like, hello, <laughs> like you popped no, your head no, in? No, I actually, no, he, he actually invited me like, Hey, you know, <gasps> okay. I, I was I like, Whoa. Yeah, no, it, it was basically like, Hey, I know you're getting back in town. Just wanted to let you know that I, you know, I'll be here at this time. And I was like, you know what? Fine. I'll go. I'll do this extra session and go. And so a couple of days after that, I called him and I said, Hey, I don't think I'll be able to do sessions with you anymore. And he's like, wait, what? Like what's going on? And I said, I think, are you, uh, are you flirting with me? Like, I just like had to blurt it out. Like, I feel like you're flirting with me and I can't do, I can't do this. And he had a, <laughs> he had a car accident. So what? He, wait, was <laughs> in the car when you said he had a car accident. Yes. So he had a car accident. Oh my God. That's and he like was like, um, he was like, uh, let me call you right back. This is really important. Like, let me call you right back. So like, he actually got whatever happened together and he called back and was like, Hey, this conversation is really important to me. Like, like, I think there might've been a misunderstanding or, or whatever. And I, and I was like, uh, so, I mean, are you a swinger? Do you, so I asked all these questions about his marriage like are you guys are poly? you are you open, open? Yeah. I said because I feel like it's a little bit obvious that you give me a lot of attention um and so long story short he said he felt like we needed to have the conversation in person and so oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. it's like the common thing where you go I don't think so no I should okay fine so yeah that evening when we saw each other in person the conversation escalated. <laughs> Did you meet at the gym again or somewhere else? No. So we were going <laughs> to meet, we were going to meet actually at a restaurant. And then he was, he was acting like he was getting lost. And I was like, just come to my house, whatever. Like at this point I was like, it just is what it is. So just, so we can, so we did talk, we did talk about everything, but like I said, the relationship just escalated from there. Okay. And this went on for a good four months, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So what would you guys do? Would you go to your house or obviously you can't go to his house? Yeah. So um, he would just come to my house. And so the thing was at the time, just if you knew about my dating history, I've always felt like men want you to do everything. Mm-hmm. So meet them here or cook for them or whatever the case may be, which for some men, they deserve that. But I'm finding a pattern with dating in this age that men always want to meet you, want them to meet you. They don't want to drive. They really want what's convenient. And I felt like this guy went out of his way to see me multiple times a week. We didn't live in the same area. And I was just really 
moved by that. I knew that the relationship couldn't continue. I knew I would have to break it off. But just that energy at that particular moment in that season, I really needed that, you know, for someone to pay attention and to call me morning, noon and night and to call me during breaks and to have a smile on his face during work. But I was like, you're doing too much. At a point, I felt like his actions were getting a bit obvious because I could tell that he was falling for me. So, and the time that you guys were together, did you ever think about his wife? Did you ever have that thoughts? Did you have a conversation with him about it? Or oh, did absolutely. You... Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, it's funny, be- <laughs> it's funny because there was one particular time where he was over my house and she called and I literally rolled out of my own bed. Like I wanted to just be a, like, like almost like trying to make myself disappear. Like, like- I <laughs> you're like I'm not here in my right. own place exactly 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 so I definitely thought about it I knew that he had a family and we talked very openly he also made sure not to it's not like he disparaged his wife or anything he didn't say he was particularly unhappy but there was one thing he did say that really stood out to me he said you know um, when he was younger he said basically I didn't know like I didn't know a woman like you existed and I stopped looking. Like at a point, I just didn't think I would find who I really, really wanted. Um, And it sucks because I don't, I would hate to hear that if I was his wife. And a lot of my friends thought like, oh, that's a good line. But also that game, like I stopped looking for you because I didn't know you existed. That was the exact line that he used. And when he, when he said that, when you just said that, what flashed to me was like, he made it seem like he was missing for his missing his perfect person to complete him and you were it but in my experience being the cheater in a relationship that other person can be perfect and I'd probably do it again to them right. if I was with that right yeah you know? I don't know it it makes me think now I wonder how many other people he said that to or how many other people you know he's engaged with and things like that that was definitely my first time and I learned a lot about myself in that situation one I felt extremely guilty on the one hand but then on the other hand I really felt like wow I really wish that I met a single guy who seemed this open and vulnerable even though he was out of line he -hmm. was very vulnerable with me the conversations that we would have and just the time that he would spend Um, but I'm finding that I find a few of my friends have encountered married men like that. So I don't know what that's about. Well, it's about that. They want to live both lives. Honestly, they like want, you know, the, for me, I'll just speak for me, not for the other guys, but there's this thing about like falling in love and the whole courtship. That's very intoxicating Mm -hmm. and having the stability of having a partner in a home, you want both, but then you're never happy in either situation. So you have one foot in and one foot out of both. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's very interesting. And a good point about the intoxication of the beginning, because there is something to be said about the beginning of a courtship. It is very special and new oh, and butterflies. It's the best. Right. And um, <laughs> also too, I feel like for him as well, I feel like I was there to be in a listening ear in the way that maybe, you know, their relationship, when you, when you're in a long relationship, you go through seasons and phases mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. And so, like I said, I knew that it wasn't going to be long lasting. And I also knew in terms of just my own integrity, 
that there's a lot of things that I love to do in life. I love, you know, encouraging people personally and professionally, and I can't be out of line and help anyone else. You know what I mean? That's just for my yeah. own. I know some people. Yeah. Like your moral, morals have to be intact right. for you to be of service to other right. people. Right. So how did it end? So, <laughs> so, um, man, how did it end? So basically I encountered his wife. What? I mean, we were in the same space. So I shouldn't say we encountered each other, but we were in the same space at one point and everything in me knew that she knew it was just like it, just a feeling or a look it was a or feeling it was a, it was a feeling and I had smiled at her and she said don't smile at me and everything in me and we weren't like engaging or anything like that but just that sentence I knew I she knew and, and honestly, if she knew she, pro- there probably was others. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like if it's the first time a woman kind of like doesn't trust her instincts, but if she was that, you know, and she didn't see you guys together or see how you interacted, she probably have that's happened before. Yeah. So, so yeah, when that happened, I completely, I said to him, oh, this session is over. And I left immediately. And he called me the next day like, hey, are you okay? I didn't like the way you left. And I said, she knows. And I am not, I don't want to break up anyone's home. That's not what I'm about. And I've really appreciated the time. but. Yeah, no, this is about to escalate in a way that I don't want any parts of. And sometimes people will, they'll be upset with the woman, but not with the man. Oh, and I yeah. Felt, and I absolutely felt, there was ev- everything in my spirit was like, mm, nope, I gotta go. Checkmate, and, I'm done, right, see ya. I'm done, yeah, <laughs> I'm done. And so he said to me, well, I know that you no longer want to train, but what about you and I? And I said, well, what about us? There can't, there can't be an us. And so he was like, I'm going to get off the phone because you kind of, you're not sounding like yourself. So he got off. He called me back the next Monday. He called me for four Mondays. And then finally he got the hint that, okay, she's really done. Wow. Well, I, I have to say the beautiful thing about this story is that you did do this, that you're not morally proud of, but you also got out and you didn't create the drama, but you also got to see a glimpse of what you want in a partner. Do you feel like that's what you learned? You know what? Yeah, it was, it was definitely twofold. So I would say that I learned for myself. I learned a few things. So I've had friends and also family members who have been in affairs. And when I was younger, I would judge that. Mm. Why would you do this and that? You're better than that you're a good woman or you're a good man to start the third and realizing that sometimes life and love is not always cookie cutter that you do have to go through those life lessons and those life challenges. And sometimes you do get intertwined in things that maybe you shouldn't be a part of, but they enrich your life for that moment for whatever reason. And in that moment, I really needed somebody to cater to my feelings and to make me feel appreciated and sure, that didn't look the way I wanted it to look, but I did receive that in that moment. 
So I'm grateful for that time because it helped me understand the complexity of life and the complexity of experiences. There's no wonder why cheating and things like that are really, really common. Oh, yeah. So uh, for me, it gave me a respect. No, I shouldn't say respect. For me, it gave me an understanding and and compassion. And empathy. Yeah, and empathy for people who have been in the same situation. And even worse, I'm glad that it wasn't longer than four months. Really happy about that. I mean, it could have been so much worse. I tell people just in my program and things I've experienced is one of the main things with cheating is more suicides happen, more people are in jail, and more people are murdered from from, from cheating. Like it's no joke. And it's 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 you know, it's a part of humanity, unfortunately. Yeah, I think that when sometimes the desire to be wanted and needed can trump other things. And so I definitely think that that played a huge part, especially in the second, you know, the second story for sure. There was a desire. uh, Yeah, again, I think there was a desire to feel wanted and needed, but it was on the opposite side to where I think I got that need met in the second one. I think in the first one, I was striving for that. Like I wanted to be the one that he adored. So maybe made made him commit. Yeah. I'm right. You know, right. Like, I'm undeniable. You have to choose. You me. have to. You have to change for me and be available. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. It's so silly when I say it, but people we but try even in friendships, even with family members, we try mm-hmm. to make people be available for to us, but we cannot make anybody be available to us. Right. Right. Um, So who do you think these secrets helped and who did they harm or hurt? In the moment when they happened? Yeah. I think that these secrets helped. Well, hmm, let me think about that for a second. So I think on the first story, I think the secret harmed me because I wasn't necessarily valuing myself, valuing my time and energy and who I am as a woman. I think that I was looking to him for validation and acceptance in a way that I really would never do now. But I think you kind of have to go through some experiences to learn. And in terms of who I who do I think the secret helped, I, I don't I don't know that it helped anyone at the time. Mm-hmm. But Mm -hmm. I would say that I definitely learned a lot. And then in the second one, I think that the secret to a certain regard helped both he and I in terms of just having friendship and having someone have a listening ear for you. But I definitely think it harmed both of us and likely harmed his household. No, I have no idea. Like I wasn't there for any conversation, so I don't know what happened after but I would say definitely it harms, I think it harms your integrity and, and it harms um, the connection that he and his wife have, you know, yeah. so for sure. Because if he's giving that to you, that means his wife is not getting the full him. And I used to say that all the time, you know, like, how are you about, ba- you know, how are you balancing this? Because I just felt like he was breaking his neck to see me, which again was so different than what I had experienced before. So even making the connection to the first story, that guy wasn't moving around trying to, trying to make sure that my needs were met or anything like that. And he's single and on paper available and emotionally available. And I think the second one, you know, 
anyone who has a marriage, they're not really emotionally available to you. They can't be long-term emotionally available to you. But at the time he felt emotionally available to me. Yes. You know, uh, on the phone all the time, on text all the time, you know, visiting all the time. And I'm like, okay, so at a point you need to halt your breaks, buddy, because I don't know what's going on 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 your side. (laughs) So my last question for you is, what would you tell someone else that were going through these two different situations, but kind of both unavailable men? One was married and the other one wasn't giving his time and energy. I would say to anyone going through similar situations to really value yourself, I'd say take some time out to explore how you feel, maybe the emptiness that you may feel in that moment or the loneliness that you feel in that moment and try to think of some things that are fun for you to do and also people who you love that love you. They may not be loving you romantically, but you can still have family love and friendship love and folks to really pour into you during those seasons when you need more energy. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and being so open and vulnerable. Oh, thank you. Thank you guys for listening. Until next time. Thanks again for listening to the show. Please subscribe, rate, share, or send me a note at secretlifepodcast.com. And if you like to check out my book, head over to secretlifenovel.com or Amazon to pick up a copy for yourself or someone you love. Thanks again. See you soon.